Well, hello, I'm Brett Curry, and it's time for another spicy curry hot take, the part of the show when I get just a little bit spicy. Now, if you're not reviewing and reflecting, I believe you're wasting time. I believe this applies as we wrap up a year like we are right now in 2023. If we're not reviewing and reflecting on what we learned, how we've grown, what lessons we want to take into the new year, and what lessons we want to reject, But I think this also applies to things like books, as an example. I'm a big believer that it's more valuable to key in on a handful of really impactful business books and review, reflect, and implement than it is to hit some kind of unnatural one book a week pace or something like that. So reviewing and reflecting. And hey, this has been a unique year, right? I think 2023 has exceeded most expectations from a business standpoint. I know the vast majority of our clients had great years, strong years, record Black Friday and Cyber Monday events. You know, there was always that recession that was right around the corner that just never really materialized. Inflation was still there, but maybe was uh, kind of a lid was put on it, so to speak. Interest rates kept going up, but the consumer was resilient. And for the most part, D2C e-commerce and Amazon grew this year. Uh, But now it's time to reflect, and that's what we're going to do on this podcast. We're going to look at 12 ideas, one for each month of 2023, and these are million-dollar insights because I believe that just one or two of these insights can unlock seven figures of growth for you. And so with that in mind, let's get after it. First lesson comes from an episode with my buddy, Will Hughes. Uh, We met when he was the head of growth at Organifi, and he took Organifi from 18 or so million a year to $100 million a year run rate, and he did it in just 18 months. And so his episode, this was episode 231. This was the most shared, the most talked about episode of the year. I saw this in forums. Lots of people were talking about it. And basically what we looked at is million dollar mindsets. So using creative thinking as a competitive edge, because if you're going to grow from 18 million a year to hundred million a year in 18 months, that doesn't just take working harder. It doesn't just take more effort. It takes creative thinking. It takes breaking some molds that exist. And so on this episode, we talk about several things, but a few things I want to key on. One is finding undervalued and overvalued assets. Think Billy Bean and the Oakland A's, popularized by the movie Moneyball uh, with Brad Pitt as Billy Bean. But the Oakland A's had one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball, and yet they were able to go on one of the largest winning streaks in MLB history because they found players who were undervalued and therefore affordable. So knowing where to look to find undervalued assets. Another great example, the Hollywood Blacklist started by Franklin Leonard. And and what Leonard did was he approached all the major studios because he believed that there were some things broken about Hollywood. So he approached all the major studios and said, hey, what are the top 10 movies that you had to reject. And of course, all the producers had ideas. And so from that, then Franklin Leonard is like, hey, I'm going to start finding a way to produce some of these movies. And you can Google it, Hollywood Blacklist, Franklin Leonard, and see all of the movies that were rejected by everybody else, uh, but ended up being produced because of the Hollywood Blacklist. And the list is a doozy. I, I would do a disservice to try to name them all, but movies like 21, which I love that that movie, uh, 310 to Yuma, The Bucket List, lots and lots of movies that won Oscars and 
brought in a boatload of money at the box office. But that was looking at, hey, what what are, uh, I think the model's broken here. I'm going to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. And that's what Franklin Leonard did. And so using creative thinking as a strategic advantage. And one of the other things he talks about is, hey, look at problems from different angles and different altitudes and different directions. And when you do that, you'll be able to solve problems in a unique way because hey, it's not easy to scale and to scale profitably, but that's exactly what Will did. And so highly recommend this episode. There's so many things to quote and unpack, but go back and listen to that episode, episode 231. Next episode, 221 with my boy, Brendan Bannister. This is kind of related to the first one, but you can 13X your growth through creative data-driven marketing. Now I met Brendan when he was the uh, head of marketing at William Painter. Uh, Brendan went through my Google and YouTube course. And that's kind of how he taught himself how to run traffic on Google and YouTube. And they scaled William Painter kind of to the moon. And so what, what Brendan and I talked about, there was a couple of cool concepts that I think are really, really valuable. Uh, one of those is the idea that design is hack. And what that means is really elegant, really thoughtful design is often more powerful and has a greater impact than any kind of hack uh, that you could create. And so if we, if we think about this from a product standpoint, you know, probably no one has done it better than, than Apple, right? The, the, the simplicity uh, and the beauty of the design and the ease of use of an Apple product. But we can also think about some of our favorite e-commerce websites to shop and explore, those that are just simple and easy to dig into and buy. I think even Amazon, and, and while no one would say that the Amazon site is necessarily beautiful or artfully designed, there's some breakthroughs and there, there's some design elements that just make it really easy to shop. Now, one of the other concepts that he brought up related is that uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So as humans, as marketers, as business owners, we want to make things more complicated, but making things simple, that is the ultimate sophistication. There was a Leonardo da Vinci quote. And an example there is think about think about Yahoo in the early days and think about Google when they first started. Yahoo was the leader in search marketing and one of the most valuable uh, online companies at the time. And if you looked at the homepage, it's similar to kind of the way it is now. Lots of stuff, lots of banners, lots of articles, lots of places to click. It was completely full. What Google do? Google said, well, hey, what if what if a good ad is really just the answer to a question? And so instead of all the stuff on the homepage, our homepage is going to have a search bar and our name, and that's it. And then we're going to be wicked good at delivering you exactly what you're looking for and uh, freakishly understanding based on your keyword exactly what you're looking for. And so that was simple. There was a lot of sophistication on the back end, but simple for the user. So uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Uh, moving on. Now, I, I love the two episodes I'm going to talk about. These are closely related. Uh, episode 250 with Trevor Crump, and uh, he uh, is from Bestie. And basically, they, they run... Um, customer surveys, so post-purchase surveys. And then a related episode, Jeremiah Prummer from No Commerce, a similar service, episode 262. And so uh, understanding that, hey, probably the missing piece in your attribution, the missing piece in how you need to refine your marketing, the missing piece in uh, what you need to do with CRO is data that's coming from your customers and insights coming directly from your customers. And so three of the questions that I love that both of these guys talked about are one, where did you first hear about us? So trying to understand, hey, what channel, what type of ad allowed you to hear about us first? Maybe it was word of mouth, maybe it was Facebook ads. Uh, what brought you here today? So what did you click on? What motivated the, the visit today? And then how long have you known about us? And what's really interesting is that on that how long have you known about us question, what uh, both platforms have found is that a lot of people 
knew about the brand for months before they took action. And this was going to run contrary to what you see in platform, what you may see in Google Analytics and other places. And that just illustrates some of the deficiencies that exist with pixel tracking and other forms of tracking. And so uh, Jeremiah Prummer from No, uh, they, did a, they did a breakdown, a couple of different breakdowns where they look at, hey, over 50% of purchases come after a month of hearing about a brand. And actually the biggest segment was in the one to three month category. But 30% are in that three to 12 month category. And we've even seen this to be true. I heard uh, one of the guys, uh, the CEO of of Classic Tees talking about this. Great t-shirts, just a t-shirt, right? But a lot of people see it for a year before they purchase. And so this was a reminder that, hey, investing in organic growth, investing in top of funnel efforts, that's likely playing a bigger role in your success than you think. Next one from the same episodes from uh, Trevor. This was a question of, hey, what are the main reasons you bought, right? Why did you buy? And he used the example of a, a brand called Pajamas. It's it's training pajamas uh, for kids when they're potty training. And the owner of the business thought, hey, you know what? The main reasons people buy are pajamas is one, cost savings because diapers are expensive. And two, uh, to save the planet because it's environmentally friendly and now you're not filling landfills with diapers. Well, when they ran the survey and asked their customers, they found out that those, in fact, were not the top two, not not even close. The top two reasons were one shorter potty training window and all of us parents can testify, yes, if we can shorten that window and get this kid potty trained faster, my life will be easier, their life will be easier, it will be magical. And then two, improve a child's confidence because it's it's embarrassing, right? When kids wet the bed and stuff like that, we hate it as parents, we want them to get more confidence. And so those are the reasons people actually spent money. Um, yes, being, you know, saving the environment, important. People don't want to not do that. And people don't want to not save money, but those were not the reasons they were buying. Next up from episode 255 with Byron Myers, your price is likely wrong. And in this episode, we talk about how, you know, we're always optimizing our ad performance and we're optimizing for CRO on our landing pages and we're optimizing our email subject lines for open rates but we're not really optimizing our price. How do we think about price? Well, often we'll just price based on what is the competition charging or we'll do cost plus is what it costs me to make it. And so I'll I'll work to get this certain margin. So that's how I'll price my product. And there's nothing wrong with either of those methods. And then in fact, those are often great when you're first starting to price your product, but not once you have data. Once you have sales data, now you need to look to optimize for price. And there's actually a price you can optimize for to maximize revenue. So if you want to get the most revenue, there's a, a a price for you if you want to get the most profit, which that's what we all want, right? That's we want to maximize for profit. So there's also an exact right price for that. Ultimately, this is based on a couple of things. This is based on your demand curve and think price elasticity of demand. So how elastic is your demand? If I raise my prices, does demand stay the same or is it elastic? Does it does it fluctuate? We use the example uh, on the pod of, and I actually got this wrong to begin with, but then I corrected myself. But if you look at gasoline, right, that demand is very elastic. If price moves a little bit, you know, I'm driving across the street to save a, a couple cents a gallon. Heart surgery. You could make the price anything you want if I need it, the demand's going to be the same. That that demand is inelastic as it comes to price. So understanding your demand curve, but then also understanding conversion rate. So how does conversion rate change as we impact the price? And so what Byron talks about is, hey, you have your control price, and this is the price you set in the beginning, but then test something higher test something lower for 30 days and ideally 10 to 15 to 20% higher and lower. And then you'll be able to kind of chart the demand curve. And there's some formulas you can run. And again, you can go back to episode 255 and you can determine the right price. Now, this is not something that's static. Uh, Byron recommends, hey, 
do this and then relook at this quarterly if at all possible. But hey, this is another thing that if we want to maximize profits, this can be absolutely a million dollar unlock for you if you start to optimize price. Next up, customer value optimization is more important than CRO or conversion rate optimization. This was episode 245 with the famous Drew Sanaki of Postpilot, but he's also uh, the, the, the turnaround star to help turn around multiple nine-figure brands. And so he talks about a couple of things. But he talks about looking at how do we identify whales? How do we identify those customers in our business that are delivering 80%, 90% of the overall value in the company? And so as we can identify those whales and create cohorts and segments of those whales, then we better understand how can we go find more. And we really unpack in this episode, this concept from Jay Abraham, that there's only three ways to grow your business. Get more new customers, raise your AOV or get them to buy more every time they purchase, and then increase the frequency of repurchase or think LTV. And so uh, the cool thing is to double your business, you don't need to double any one of those things. You don't need to get twice as many new customers. You don't need to double your AOV. You don't need to double your LTV. But if you just create a 30% increase in each of those three areas or 33% increase, that will double your business. And so thinking about how do I optimize for customer value, that can really speed up and enhance your CRO as well, and overall really rapidly expand your business. Next up, we're talking about organic growth from YouTube, and I interviewed Liz Germain, episode 234, and she talks about three types of content to start with on YouTube, and I I believe YouTube is still one of the largest untapped growth opportunities. We'll talk about YouTube ads in a minute. This is specifically, though, about YouTube organic, and and one great recent example of this is Alex Hormozzi. If you're in the entrepreneur space, which I'm sure you are, you can't miss Alex Hormozzi He's gone to millions and millions of followers on YouTube in short order. Uh, Not that we can necessarily all achieve that type of success, uh, but it just shows the power of great content and on that platform. But the three types of content that Liz recommends, first is help. And this is kind of some of the old school type of content that that YouTube is known for. Uh, So, you know, it's FAQs, it's listicles, it's how to do this, it's how to build this type of ad campaign, it's how to increase your average order value in Shopify, it's how to fix your dryer, your washing machine, or whatever. It's it's how-to. It's help articles, right? And those are going to be largely driven by search on YouTube. Then there's hub. So think about episodes. These are interviews, series. It's basically a never-ending series of content. So some people put their podcast on YouTube. Some people have like a show on YouTube. That's kind of what hub content is. It's just never ending and uh, it, it can attract people to come back to your content again and again. The third type is what's called hero. This is deeper dive into more kind of personal uh, information. It's a deeper dive into kind of more of a personal look, but this is where you get emotional. You, you form a, an emotional connection, an emotional reaction. And this is something you need to do less often potentially on your channel, but it can have a huge impact. So help, hub, and hero. You need to get the right combination of that. Listen to episode 234 with Liz Germain to hear more. Next up, brand is everything. And this is episode 260 with Preston Rutherford. He's one of the founders of Chubby's nine-figure IPO from Chubby's. And this episode was so great. So great in, in both the 
product design discussions and some of the discussions around ad performance, but but also around brand being everything. And if you think about it, we all want to build a brand that, that people search for, that people go out of their way to find, that a brand that people love being associated with, and a brand that people love recommending to others, and a brand that people buy because it says something about who they are. And if you really want something valuable, if you want to have a valuable exit one day, if you want your ads to work better, if you want everything to be multiplied, then focus on building brand. And that's what Chubby's did. And they did this with their content, they did this with their website, they did this with the design of the product. But brand is everything and brand is what ultimately led to that nine-figure IPO. Next up, one of my favorite episodes of the year to record. And I think this was the episode I got the most comments directly on. So episode 243 was Jacques Spitzer, Achieving Exit Velocity with YouTube ads. And a couple of real highlights here. We talk about how consumers have short attention spans, but that's not actually true. Consumers have short consideration spans. So uh, think about it from this perspective. If we, if we have a Netflix series that we love or there's a YouTube video that we love, we'll binge watch that thing for hours, right? We'll, we'll binge watch 15 episodes in a row on Netflix. So attention span is not the issue. It's just what holds our attention is more difficult. So that's where consideration comes into play. So you've got less time to win someone's attention and you got to work harder to keep someone's attention. So our consideration spans are much shorter, but attention spans, they're fine. And the other key takeaway from this episode is that brands that really crushed it, brands like Dr. Squatch and Manscaped and Organifi and many others, they knew that direct conversions were only part of the story. Fewer people click on YouTube ads and click on Facebook ads. A lot of people will view a YouTube ad and then search later. So with YouTube, the nature of the way people interact with it, it does drive more brand lift than it does direct conversions. So you got to understand that and measure that properly. So check out more episode 243 with Jacques Spitzer. Next up, three episodes about Amazon. And I believe Amazon is really trying, desperately trying to move beyond just search for product discovery, because that's how most people buy anything on Amazon is through searching. But Amazon's trying. So a couple episodes to check out, episode 253 with Liz Saunders. We talk about Amazon influencers and how she is creating content that lives on Amazon uh, that helps uh, sell products. We also talked in episode 249 to Gracie Ryback also about Amazon influencers. But there's a couple of features, a couple of things that, that Amazon is doing. One is called the Inspire uh, app. And basically this is, it almost looks like TikTok, but it's from Amazon influencers and it's a way to discover products that influencers love. Now, I think Amazon's probably only making a very small dent in this, trying to move beyond just a search platform. And, and of course, Amazon loves search, but they want you to be able to discover and find new things and increase your consumption on Amazon. Another Another episode that related to Amazon is 251, Brandon Young from Data Dive, where we talk about doubling your traffic and conversions on Amazon. And this goes back to the tried and true. This goes back to merchandising. So how do we make the product fly off that digital shelf, so to speak? How do you make the product really attractive on that Amazon shelf? But then what are kind of the, the methods to optimize for greater search traffic? And so uh, Amazon, as we look at our brands, our D2C brands that are also on Amazon, Amazon was the fastest growing channel for a lot of them this year. And we anticipate that will be the same next year. Whew, this one strikes me uh, to my core passionate about this one. This comes from Raba Rahill, episode 223, but also uh, Preston Rutherford from from. Chubby's talks about this too in episode 260. Stop obsessing over vanity metrics and instead obsess over core metrics. So what are vanity metrics? Well, 
Revenue is a vanity metric. It's something we pay attention to. We should all pay attention to, but it's vanity. ROAS, return on ad spend, it is a vanity metric. Of course, it does inform some things and we look at it all the time, but it's still a vanity metric. So what should you be focusing on? Well, according to Preston Rutherford, you should focus on contribution margin. How much profit are we contributing to with the sale of this item and the the, the way to look at contribution margin? It is the price minus all of your variable costs, so cost of goods sold. This includes your uh, your ad costs, any variable cost. So what is the contribution margin for this product? Also profits slash EBITDA, right? How are we optimizing for profits? Goes back to the pricing discussion as well. How are we thinking about LTV and how are we maximizing LTV either through subscriptions or through repurchase programs or loyalty programs, email and SMS and things like that. Uh, and then also how are we, how are we looking at brand search growth. And and this is actually one of the clearest ways to understand, is my brand growing? Is my brand gaining traction? You'll know if branded search is increasing. So stop obsessing over vanity metrics and instead obsess over core metrics. 10 down, two to go. Next up, retention marketing is the key to stability and profitability. Episode 248 with Nick Flint, resident email expert here at OMG. He's our lead email strategist. And so we talk about eight of the top email tests that you should run to improve your email uh, marketing efforts. And hey, this is one of the easiest, fastest ways to unlock new revenue growth. Profitable revenue growth is by enhancing what you do uh, with email and SMS. But a couple of things is, um, one, maybe it's time to drop that spinning wheel thing on the homepage to try to get people to opt in. Maybe it does increase your opt-in rate a little bit. But the question is, does this increase the value of the flow of people when they opt in there. And you'll probably find that the spinning wheel is not doing that. If it is, great. But probably it's time to test something else. And maybe it shouldn't be a 20% off discount there either, right? So what can we do to increase opt-ins but not give away the farm and increase opt-ins in a way that maximizes the revenue from that flow? You also talked about, hey, test making someone work for a discount. Make them opt in for something. And then when they get an email, click on something and then go from there. Because if we actually put in a little bit of work to get a discount, we'll appreciate it more. And we'll be more likely once we start taking action to complete the process and continue and actually purchase. One of our favorite email campaigns of the year came from a client, Everyday California. They launched a brand new website and they wanted to get people to test it and use it and look for bugs or look for issues on the site. And so they sent an email saying, hey, break our site and you'll get 50% off, right? So find a bug, find any kind of flaw, find any kind of issue on the website. We'll give you a 50% off coupon. Now, this was extremely fun. This got people fired up. It was one of the most successful uh, emails they sent all year. They got tons and tons of people shopping the new site, giving them feedback. Actually, they found out that the new site was pretty good. There wasn't a whole lot of negative feedback. So some people were actually kind of disappointed they wanted that 50% off discount. But anybody that responded, they still got some kind of discount, even if it wasn't 50% off. And so uh, be creative with your email marketing. All right. And then finally, and I would be remiss if we wrapped up 2023 and didn't talk about AI. Now, I'm a big believer that AI is very much in the augment, the support, the enhance, the speed up uh, type of thing. It's it's a help. It's not really a replacement. Only you can go fire your staff and just use AI. But I think AI can make a lot of things better. And so a couple episodes I'll recommend. Episode 233 with Steve Chu from my wife quit her job, one of the top podcasts in our space. He's also founder of Seller Summit. He talks about how he uses AI to write subject lines and even to come up with some SEO content. You got to be careful. Can't just let AI do you know all your SEO content, but how to make that work. Uh, then also, if you really want to go next level and take your AI game 
uh, to the extreme, listen to episode 256, Frederick Valets, founder of Optimizer, one of the original 500 employees at Google. But he talks about uh, all the ways he uses AI uh, in his business. And this dude, he's so smart and he knows how to leverage AI. But a couple of the tools that are that come up, of course, OpenAI, uh, but also Firefly's note-taking app, uh, Tactic note-taking and transcription app, uh, Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E dot AI. And Frederick uh, talks about that, how he will, as, he, as he's looking to create content, he'll walk his dog, uh, dictate stuff on his phone, upload that audio to Claude, then he'll get summaries and, and text uh, versions and all kinds of cool stuff. He really unpacks that in that episode. But what I'm committing to and what I encourage you to commit to as well is experiment with AI. Use it on a weekly basis. Um, some stuff's going to work for you, some stuff isn't, but begin to use it because I think those that don't will likely get left behind. So that does it for the year in review 2023. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming in week in and week out. Thank you for sharing. If you share this podcast regularly, thank you. If you don't, hey, if you know somebody that would find this this episode or another episode interesting, please share it. It grows the community. It helps people out. And hey, you'll get a hearty thank you uh, from those that you share with. If you've not left a review on iTunes, we'd love that as well. It helps other people discover the show, makes our day, makes me feel good and our producers feel good. And so with that, here's to a an amazing 2024. And with that, uh, thank you so much for listening.